five the podcast for nerdappropriate.com. We are all here. Ash is back from PAX. Yeah. Welcome back. Thank you, gentlemen. How you doing? No PAX box yet. <laughs> yeah, you say yet. You had a much delayed one when we went. I did. I, I've been um, taking a lot of vitamins. Uh, <laughs> I actually sanitize all of your controllers I, and headsets. I, like literally every day. Um, once I got there, I took like a, a boiling hot Silkwood shower and like curled in a ball. <laughs> In the morning, I would take a boiling hot Silkwood shower, and then as soon as I walked in the door at the end of PAX, I would take one, and I drank um, two glasses of Airborne every single day. Jesus. So I went in like basically prepared for combat this time, because it <laughs> fucked me up bad last time, and yeah, I, I didn't hilarious. want that to happen. So, Wow. That's a that's quite a oh, yeah. an intake. You know, I'm really tired of going to these conventions, and then a week later, it's like your punishment for having fun. It's like, and now you're freaking sick for a week, like barfing up mucus and stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, so far, so far, so good. It's quite the exchange of germs amongst many, oh, yeah. many controllers. And then you know, the flight from East Coast to West Coast is like 72 days. Oh my god! So you know, you're breathing in like little kid farts. <laughs> <laughs> for for a couple days, you're like, oh, there's no escaping this. That sounds like an air quality rating that needs to be implemented on airplanes. Yeah, I think you should just basically when you fly, you should get your own bubble that you crawl inside of. Um, I would pay first class prices if I could sit in a bubble, like a cone of silence. Yeah, just like don't don't oh oh. Hi. Sorry, that was gonna annoy me for the rest of the podcast. Hi. Oh, okay. <laughs> my, my my mic was a little bit low, so Matt fixed it for me. <laughs> But yeah, so anyway, um, so right far so he's good. Talking in his face. <laughs> <laughs> that was like Melissa does this to me all the time, and I yell at her for it. She like she'll like clean stuff off my face, but without any warning whatsoever. So it's just like hand and face. And you're yeah. like, Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like animalistic grooming. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, getting that dingleberry off that the backside. Oh, it's all right. No, but anyway, so yeah, I'm back and not sick thus far. So that's good. 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 It's How's a, your beard? It's a win. Uh, it's not as itchy, not, not as itchy as I it think was that'll last go week. down as one of my favorite moments on a podcast ever. I just totally zoned out. I think I, just, I was listening, I was waiting to waiting to jump into the conversation. I was just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> nice. that was that was a fun podcast. Yeah. So what do you oh what do you guys been doing? What's been going on in my work, absence? Work has been crazy still for me, but this is the I think I've I've launched said website that we'd been working on for a very long time so good good awesome that's done but i've been watching dead like me or dead like me is that yeah yeah i've been watching that series it's a good show it's really good i like I, it it was one of those i missed it i actually had showtime when it was on yeah um uh back in the great old college days and uh uh yeah and now it's it's on netflix and i was like oh i'm, I'm gonna watch something new it's like i need shows that i can just kind of watch three four five episodes without really thinking about it you yeah know? it's a clever show yeah, yeah. So it, it's cool. Like a lot, of, a lot of cool um, Final Destination style deaths with the with the reapings, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of cool deaths, and then uh, I really like the actors. Like, yeah, all, the way they all play their because they're all like from different eras of times. So right. There's like the '80s girl, and then like the '40s actress, you know, and mm. the Rube wherever he. I think he's from like the 1700s, for all I know, but Just something like that. Yeah. Uh, do they? Do you find out eventually or no? Yeah, you find out a little bit of his origins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, but they, they did a movie at the end too. To yeah, kinda it's close on Netflix it. too. Oh, cool. Yeah, the whole thing. So I'm gonna finish it out. I got tons of shit. I've only seen like awesome, of awesome. Scott, you, buddy, Scotty. Um, <clears throat> well, I started playing um, Deus Ex, mm-hmm. and we can possibly talk about that later. Mm-hmm. It's good. It is good. I picked it up yesterday. I haven't put it in yet. It is a good game. I'm gonna pick it up this week. Sweet. Fantastic. Yeah. 
Um, I think you would like it as a Splinter Cell fan. Yeah. And uh, and a Fallout fan. And a Fallout fan. Well, you guys said on the podcast, which I listened to, that I wasn't on, that you said Blade Runner meets Mass Effect, and my pants exploded. So I feel like that's kind of a fair... A yeah. Fair so I was like, oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah, um, I'm not the biggest Blade Runner fan, but I love the art design in Blade Runner. So. Oh, if, I mean, if that's what you... Like, the, the environment yeah. is like, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, you know, because we, we cut the cord, I don't have cable anymore. I, I have also been looking for things to watch on Netflix. So I actually went in the Wayback Machine, and I started watching Stargate. No way. Did you? Yeah, because I never really picked up the series when it was on uh, sci-fi. And there's 45 seasons, so you can yeah, typically yeah, watch it until you are like 90 years I old. Think, I think there's 10 seasons of the original Stargate series, and then there's like the other two or three. There's seasons. like Atlantis. That, that really fits your like milieu. It's in, it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, because because uh, like I remember you used to love like sliders and oh, quantum yeah. leap and like you're just you're you're into those sci fi shows that you know that fits your like it's alternate you universe that. kind yeah, of yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. So I th- I think that's just about it. <laughs> I know you just got back, but have what have you been up to this week? Uh this week has been freaking nuts because I mean, you're ramped up again too, right? Yeah, I, I got back in um basically took a nap and then I went <laughs> back to work. <laughs> And uh, I've been working. Uh, yeah, what time did you land? You landed Monday. I landed. Right? I landed in the in the morning, but then I I fell asleep for a couple hours. And when I got home, my cable was out, so I had to call the cable company. Bummer. And wait for the cable guy. So I didn't really get to sleep. And then as soon as the cable guy left, my mom showed up for a one night visit. So it was just like, <laughs> what the hell? And then um, after that, I basically went to work uh, nonstop. And then I had parent teacher night. Oh, no. So I was at work for like 16 hours. Oh, my God. Was that yester- it was the day before yesterday. And uh, so this morning was the first morning I've had to like Sleep. go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been storing it, you know. <laughs> you get a two-hour break. Go. Yeah, but I- I've been surviving. I think uh, I think the, the caffeine's helping me stay alive. Excellent. It's pickling me. So we-, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. It's a jam-packed, jam-packed episode of Rated NA. We're going to try so, and get it in that hour and a half mark. Yeah, we'll, we will, we'll, we'll, go we'll, micro, we'll go fast. Micro Machines fast. We got AT&T uh, Talk, Star, uh, Star Wars Blu-ray, uh, Team Bondi, and their terrible, terrible fate. We're going to talk a bit about PAX. Um, we are, we're going to review uh, Deus Ex a little bit more. Scott's going to go into his feelings about it, talking also about the Assassin's Creed uh, multiplayer beta, which I don't know how much we're allowed to technically talk about, but we're going to try and talk about it. A um, little indie film called Homecoming. That, that you uh, were in. I was in with my, my acting debut <laughs> <laughs> where I did nothing at all. Uh, Justice League number one for the Big 52 and um, Captain America Limitless Adjustment Bureau Everything like a, Matt like has been doing. Review. Yes, recap review of everything Matt has it's been doing. It's kind of like to. the summer of Netflix still, right? Well, it's yeah. just, they, like, honestly, they're, they're older stuff that normally I would just be like, oh, we're just not going to talk about it. But to me, the reason I kind of want to talk about it is because they were all surprises. Like, they were all yeah, it's awesome. a lot better than I <laughs> expected yeah. any of them to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we also have, um, we are going to do our open thread and talk about uh, the Twitter question, which was, what franchises deserve to make a big comeback? And we have actually a lot of really great responses from you guys. So we appreciate that. And as um, you know, every week we, we're going to try and do this. So you can always send your answer to our questions to at nerd appropriate. It's our Twitter. form of a hashtag since we know we can't trend. Yeah, <laughs> no trending. So just just add us and we'll, you know, we'll read that. Sh- oh, hold on. <clears throat> hey, there Jeff. was no break there. 
Yep, we're still Not going. At we're all. still going. Uh, so let's get into the news. All right, so um, let's talk about Star Wars. Let's talk about Star Wars. So am I the only one who has heard or watched any of this? I've stuff? heard mutterings, perhaps on other podcasts, but I, I didn't really tune in. <laughs> so I'm kind of uh, eager to hear about this. Well, the Blu-ray release is around the corner, right? I think it's. Uh, I know it's in September, holiday, right? I think it's like within the next week or two. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. So Blu-ray release of all six Star Wars movies yes, sir. coming out together on Blu-ray in glorious high def. And uh, George Lucas has decided again to make some improvements. Some tweaks. Some tweaks. All right. Let's hear what these are. Uh, well, I'm actually going to play No, I'll edit this little chunk out because I don't think you're going to hear it over the headphone, over the, the podcast. But I am actually going to play. Is this all right? You okay with this? I don't. I don't. It doesn't okay. bother me at all. I don't care. This scene. Let me set this up for you. Oh God! Uh, Darth Vader is watching the Emperor fry Luke with his electric force power. Leave my son alone. I love him. <laughs> Give him a hug from me, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> and after is that, what happens? During, <laughs> you're close. During during the movie, the original uh, Darth Vader is just kind of staring. And then he looks at Luke, and then he looks back at the Emperor, and then he walks over silently, picks up the Emperor, struggles with him, and then throws him over yeah. the edge. One of the most iconic scenes in film history. Mm-hmm. All right. What is <laughs> Lucas's fascination <laughs> with that homoerotic <laughs> Vader? No. 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 I was talking to Ryan about it. I was like, do you think he just copied and pasted from the third oh, movie? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That blows my mind. I'm actually really actually surprised at that. Because that scene was perfect like it was. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah it's kind of... He he wouldn't have said it's, shit. It's weird because... Uh, I think they edited a head turn in, too. I might be wrong, but think, he like kind of does like a double take uh, when he says it. Things are changed in these movies that aren't like... They're like weird things. They're like it's like he's poking at you with a stick. Let's talk about the weird things that got changed. Yeah, Wicket, right? Yeah, everybody loves Wicket. I don't know about loves, but okay. He's a character in the film. Yeah, he has CG eyelids. What? <laughs> he blinks now. What? It's like yeah, st- stuff you never think about. He or just care blinks. About. Who cares about that? He's sitting with Princess Leia, and uh, he blinks yeah. three times. Interesting. Uh, there's Why? a scene where um, R2 is in the cave in Tatooine, and he's like rolling out, right? I think mm. it's Tatooine. But anyways, he's in a cave. It's like sure. a sandy rock cave. Yeah, yeah. And he's rolling out of it. They CG painted um, a rock in front of him <laughs> so like, that you see like half of him, and then he like rolls around it. Oh, just to give it a little foreground. <laughs> Yeah, is I, this, I mean, is this for like for purposes of 3D? Or something? I have like, no idea. I, I don't understand those change. This change is obviously because he felt like somehow the scene was wrong. Yeah, and he needed, and the character needed a voice. The that, Vader needed some sort of dialogue because fans are so unhappy with uh, Return of the. Jedi. And it doesn't even sound. Is that James Earl Jones? It doesn't it, sound like it, it sounds like him, does it? Yeah, it sounds yeah. just like the Episode Three scene. Yeah, that um, everyone that, ev- <laughs> that everyone really loved. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, um, I think that's those are the three ones that I heard about, but this is all confirmed too. Yeah, maybe George Lucas just wants to see a whole new slew of funny internet YouTube videos that use that clip for for other purposes. I, see, just, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, and it, it's funny because he's still 
you know, has basic complete con- creative control over all, you know, even Clone Wars and everything. Like the Clone Wars guys, like Dave Filoni and the guys that run Clone Wars, have to run everything by him. They'll have like a character, and they'll sure. be like, "We want this character to be named um, Darth." Uh, we'll just say Darth Grumblock, and he'll be like, yeah. "No, no, no, I don't like Grumblock. It's Grumblock O." And they'll <laughs> yeah. be like, "Okay, it's Grumblock O." I mean, they can't, yeah. you know. There's sure. certain things that and they. I, just... I guess that's what's weird to me is that because I, I get tired of it. Like, people are like, he's pissing on my childhood. Like, that annoys me. I'm like, come on, man. But what it does bother me is just, like, it just seems nonsensical. Like, it, it doesn't bother me that it's ruining my childhood memory. It bothers me that I don't understand the re- – like, there there is seemingly no reason to add the word no into that scene. Yeah, yeah. No, I it's agree. not like everybody was like, I wonder what he's thinking while he's doing that. Like, <laughs> it's a pretty – like, I don't know. Like, you, you, like you, maybe he has this vision 20 years from now. He'll just, like – open up the doors from his cottage and step outside and be like, these films are finished! <laughs> Finally! Yeah. Who knows? And they're put out on... Holodeck. Holodeck, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Uh, so just moving right through, because we have a ton of stuff to talk about. Um, we do. Team Bondi's dead. Gone. It's ridiculous. Or they were slave drivers. So there's been there's been debate about that, because... The people who complained were Australian, and Australian's work schedule is not quite like a U.S. gaming ah, company work schedule. I see. And from what I understand, it was less that they were slave drivers and more that they pretty much acted like any other game company in the, oh, in the world. Oh, in the States, yeah. And uh, it's just not, that's just not how people work in Australia. You know I mean? It's just not what a work schedule is in Australia. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, they, it, from what I understand, though, like uh, Team Bondi was essentially in crunch time um for LA Noir for years Seven where years. yeah whereas crunch time in you know most games is much it's much less than months, that yeah. yeah and in crunch time means that you know you don't really get vacation you are basically working overtime every day you don't see your family you don't see your family and you are just working pretty much your ass off so um it's a shame that this studio's gone i'm kind of wondering um what is happening to the personnel uh, in the studio, I haven't really checked it out yet, but it's yeah. it's kind of sucky for them. Do you think? Do you think this really means anything for La Noir though? Well, I mean, here's the deal: that the technology behind La Noir, I think, was the main, you know, glistening sure. gem behind the game. But mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think like it, it might lose a little bit of its soul if it's just kind of like, you know, if Rockstar just takes it over see, and they that, do it. And I guess that's what my question is: is do you think Team Bondi put the soul into this game, or do you think Rockstar put the soul into this game? I really have no idea. That's yeah. a really good question. Because I, I think Rockstar... The, sto- the story feels like a Rockstar yeah, story. Yeah, like I feel like Rockstar probably took what was originally awesome technology, and they said, that's awesome, we love the idea, we love what you guys are doing, now we're going to make a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I yeah, feel yeah. like Rockstar is the one who can guide that into what it became that's true and it's funny that you took the the humanistic <laughs> approach and you're like i wonder what's going to happen to the people that worked at team bondi and i was like in my head i'm like i wonder what they're going to do with that technology <laughs> 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 the facial motion capture. man yeah. I, we started watching mad men too this week we I, we only watched one episode but the dude who is the lead in the la noir is in mad men Cold oh Fox. really and i like the first like 15 minutes i was staring at him i was like who how do i know this guy who awesome. is he and then he said something and moved, and it, it looked exact. I was like, oh, my God, L.A. Noir. He's the <laughs> guy from L.A. Noir. That looks exactly like him. Awesome. It's so yeah. weird. It's so weird. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's terrible for, for Team Bondi. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. I mean, that, that kind of begs the question, I, and not to start, like, a big debate, but, you know, 343 is taking over for Halo. 
um, for Bungie, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, um, and Bungie announced their first project, too. Um, did they? Is it or some kind of project that uh, came out of I don't, Bungie? I don't know. I don't but know. um, but I'm just either say that. But either way, I'm say unfounded fact. But either <laughs> way, it's going to be weird to see like, do the studios make up the souls of these games, or do um the is the actual IP like you know the actual content what makes the game the game, or is it the guys that make the games? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a hard question. Yeah, and I, I feel like kind of when these big studios bust up, when these when not big, when these game companies bust up, I mean, it's not like that talent. I mean, some of them obviously may get out of gaming forever and never go back. Yeah. But I feel like the truly driven people, the people who, who create that amazing technology and create the amazing games, will be somewhere. They're going to end up in either another, they're either going to start their own thing and maybe it becomes even better, or they end up at another studio. Like, Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that the gaming community is so overstuffed that talent doesn't have somewhere to go after these things happen mm-hmm. yeah that's true i mean it probably isn't fun and it's probably gonna suck for a while yeah knows, yeah i don't know all right so ash you're back from pax i am I, a lot of stuff for the website yeah yeah i'm still in the process of writing a whole lot of stuff a lot I, of stuff i got backlogged gotten tons of different kinds of comments yeah <laughs> it was sort of divided in the middle and i'm just gonna just start off and say the first thing that really got um a bit of negative buzz i uh the, literally the first thing i played when i got there we had an appointment with um with uh skyrim for bethesda and um <clears throat> i played it and i really enjoyed it i did a write-up and my write-up was called how i suck at skyrim <laughs> And I really did. I was terrible. I was fucking terrible at it. <laughs> like I played for maybe twenty five minutes. I'm not gonna lie. The game hard locked and crashed twice, so it didn't really give me too much of an opportunity right. to get. But you're to also th- playing a not even beta. Like. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. <laughs> I'm not faulting the game yeah. for that. that. I'm just saying, like you know, people jumped on some of the stuff I said. And we're like, well, you're just, you know, you're a fucking idiot because you, <laughs> yeah. you don't know how to play. Like, you don't understand the system behind. I'm like, dude, it's a brand new system. Obviously, you don't know how to play it either because you probably haven't fucking played it. And beyond that, I had two different sessions with two different characters, and I had to basically learn how to use those characters within about seven minutes yeah. each. So it's like, you know, I was running around and doing stuff, but I sure as hell wasn't good at it, you know. So that's basically what I wrote about. And uh, I thought, I mean, I, I really thought the headline of your article sort of encapsulated your knowledge of the game, you know, like yeah. your experiences or whatever. You yeah, know. yeah. So you can't be faulted the, for the that. internet always amazes. Oh, that's it does. Like it does. And uh, so some people were angry that I didn't know the name of the cat men who are like the. the, the <laughs> no, you're just going to keep that one the, going, aren't you? The, the cockalacas or something <laughs> like that. And then you discover that there are passionate Elder Scrolls fans. In the yeah, universe. you know, I, and that is great. Good. Um, good. I'm glad i i like elder scrolls i just i'm gonna move over to the next one because if people want to know about on live just go read the article i think there you I go think you wrote a good enough article thank to you describe thank what, you so very much talked about yes i want to hear briefly about um gotham city imposter okay uh one minute review is i was absolutely impressed and kind of surprised by gotham city imposters like what, I, what is it i'm confused because it's I mean, a, there's a batman game coming out and now like this yeah is coming out. it's a um it's a a uh, class-based multiplayer shooter based in the Batman universe where there's two gangs. There's the Bats and there's the Jokers. Oh, and, um, really? yeah, yeah. Two gangs. The bats bat- and the Jokers? The Bats and the Jokers. And they're, um, if you remember in the latest Nolan Batman movie, there's the, the guys that dress up like Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. they get yeah. killed by, you know, yeah, Jokers. Yeah, yeah. So basically you're playing as, like, if you're playing as the Bats, you're playing as uh, one of those guys. And so basically you're out fighting yeah, crime. Yeah. 
but you have like machine guns. So they and, took like, a five minute scene out of a movie and turned it into a game. Yeah, pretty much. That's and crazy. The, and as the Joker's, you're playing as a member of the Joker gang. Yeah, and um, that's cool. The thing that's cool about it is there's all sorts of different gadgets. And so, like, um, if you're playing as one of the Jokers, for example, you'll have, like, a grappling hook or, like, invisibility spray. And then you can tweak out your character and, like, uh, basically give yourself a different set of abilities and different weapons. And then it's just uh, multiplayer matches for uh, different, you know, different objectives and things like that. Is this going to be a disc game? No, it's it's a downloadable Ah, title. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. PS3 and Xbox Live. And it was actually really fun. We had a a good time playing it. And this game is made by um, Monolith. It is made by Monolith. Oh, really? Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna bring it back to this a little bit later with Monolith. So okay. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah and it's cool. It's being published uh, obviously by Warner Brothers, um, and they had a, a pretty big presence there at PAX, and um, so it was fun. I was surprised. I wasn't expecting to like it at all, uh, but I actually had a good time. We did four on four multiplayer, um, basically like more sort of like a capture and hold sort of scenario, and yeah. it was and it was fun. Um. What is Red Robot? Red Robot's Life of Crime, sir. Okay, so uh, Red Robot's Life of Crime was a mobile game uh, right now just for Android that literally just came out. Yeah. I know, and it, it actually looked really awesome. <laughs> uh, I did an interview with those guys, and it um, it's crazy. It's a location based uh, multiplayer game, so it sort of like uses the same technology. I'm on my phone right now. I know of check ins and things of that nature, but let's say like you went to Starbucks. You would go to Starbucks, and with Life of Crime, what you would do is you actually have a character, and you get gear and equipment, right? Um, but you would life go to the... Life is crime. A life is crime. Uh, you would actually go and rob that Starbucks, and, <laughs> then you get, and then you get loot and things of that nature oh, cool. when you check in, and you can battle other players that have gone to that Starbucks. So it actually cool. uses your actual geographic location on the planet. And it actually uses. Um, so it's like a tweak on the Foursquare Mayor. Model. It's like Foursquare Mayor model with like death and crime and yeah, weapons. That's so cool. it, I, it was really rad. I really actually liked it I'm, a lot. I'm downloading as we speak. Awesome, and it looked like a lot of fun. And actually, they you know they they built their whole system for it. They did all their own maps, all their own graphics, and um, it launched I think literally last week. So you it's have, still really you did really an interview cool. with them. You said I did. Yeah, I have Maybe it all I'll, on I'll audio play for a while, and we'll. Cool. Combine an article of interview and review. yeah, that'd be great. They'd, yeah. they'd probably really dig that because I've been meaning to write that, but I've been behind. <clears throat> I'd like um, to hear about um, Torchlight Two. Okay, cool. Torchlight Two. You played the one on uh, Xbox Arcade, right? I did. I played Sitting the in my Steam account. I played yeah. on PC. Yeah. Yeah, Torchlight Two is um, a lot of fun. What I noticed, uh, first of all, is I played the the multiplayer. You got to play with other people. I got to okay, play with other people in the same yeah. world, and it it's pretty crazy. It's pretty much the single player experience. Um, you have free reign. You can go anywhere on like a wide open map this time, as opposed to being stuck in the town of Torchlight. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive map with different cities and things of that nature. Uh, I went out into like this desert wasteland and it was just kind of exploring and fighting. Um, and I, there were other players out there running around and exploring fighting as well. So oh, cool. um, we were all, it was almost uh, an MMO type feel. I mean, was it, was it cooperative or? Well, I mean, it, it it would have been had I known <laughs> the people I was playing with, but since they were total strangers playing, oh. uh, you know, it was it wasn't a versus type thing, so it was definitely co op. So it's not I PvP. Mean, no, it wasn't PvP. Is it um, multiplayer in the sense of like you know like what Diablo used to be, where it's just kind of like a handful of players going down yes. to the dungeon together, like four people or something. Yeah, like so it's not an MMO. It's probably you know four. Four max. That's awesome. Um, I played as the new. I'm going to totally. I'm blanking on the name of the character I played, but he was basically like a steam knight. 
um, so he could build turrets and robots. Oh, and cool. he carried around like a giant, like John Henry style, a mallet. And he had like an Iron Man type suit, like that was steam powered. I think there's a there was a uh, a companion that you could cast that you could summon in the previous one. Yeah, like the alchemist could. Yeah, steam golem. So it sounds like the steam knight is similar to the yeah steam he is, golem. and that's not really the character's name. So I apologize for forgetting it right now, but I'm, I'm tired. So, but Torchlight Two was a lot of fun graphically. It was a lot better. Um, you felt like your your character's attacks had a little bit more weight and a little bit more impact. Like when you know you actually your mallet collided with the enemy, it looked like there was a little bit better hit detection and a little less spammy. Like there was actually a little bit more skill to it as opposed to just like spamming your biggest attack until did, you're out of energy. What did you uh, play as in Torchlight One? Because I think my experience may have been different. From oh, I I played as the alchemist and oh, I played okay. as an alchemist um, strictly like a summoner. Yeah, that's what I did too. So, like did in you? terms of like getting up to an enemy to hit them with a staff, like I really just hung back and and cast his stuff. Yeah, and I, and I used companions a lot too, so it wasn't really me. Yeah, I used tons of companions. I had like I would basically summon like a legion of stuff in the first like game. You had dogs and like two golems, and then like yeah, else and just you were like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And I, I did like the skeletons and stuff too. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Lots of skeletons and archers. So... X Men Destiny, good or bad? We can we don't have to go long into this one. X Men Destiny, okay. So uh, there are a couple issues with this. It has the capacity to be really awesome. Mm-hmm. My problem was um, the combat felt a little bit dated. Like uh, it's it's a brawler essentially. Um, you know there there is leveling up. There is a little bit of a uh, skill accolation and things like that. So you have a chance to tweak out your character. You can choose. Um, you don't get to actually make your own character. That's what this game was marketed as like a long time ago, correct? Yeah. yeah you don't. Like, you yeah. can make whatever mutant you want. And now it turns out there's just three yeah. characters, right? I think, okay, from what I understand, so you can choose between three different characters, right? And it's basically three different characters. Each one has their own origin and their own like backstory. But then you can apply three different um, mutant like archetypes to them. So there's one who is like um, density manipulation. So, you know, can make their skin into rock, can make themselves lighter, things like that. One that has uh, abilities, it seems like similar to Nightcrawler, very, very fast, kind of ninja-like, look like teleportation and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then one um, kind of energy uh, zapper type Jubilee sort of character. And you can move those abilities to any of the three character archety- or character models. Right. Then, from what I understand, as you encounter other mutants in the game, you can get, like, chunks of their DNA and, like, apply it to yourself. So, like, let's say, for instance, you fight Cyclops. You might be able to, like, steal his eye beams or something, which I don't really necessarily get. Um, but there is – so there is customization, but not, like, maybe what we were led so, to believe yeah. originally. Yeah. What makes this an X-Men game? Then? Okay, so what makes it an X-Men game? Because uh, <laughs> that is baffling otherwise. Yeah, so you exist You exist in the X-Men universe. It takes place um, It takes place chronologically right before they move to San Francisco, which some of you X-Men fans may so understand. It's, it's before... So it's after everything that's happened, but before the mutant... Before yeah. House of M? Yeah, I guess. I guess Professor X is supposed to be dead. He's dead. And um, no, that would be post House of M, pre New Genesis, and all, the, all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I haven't read it in a couple of years, but uh, a lot of 
a lot of messed up stuff. Yeah. So, but, but you are a, a new mutant who's kind of thrust into the world. And so you, the, the demo I played was about a half an hour long. You, you actually, I had encounters with Cyclops and Toad and uh, Emma this, Frost. Could you t- was this the world where everybody's trying to hunt mutants, essentially, and there's only like 50 left? Or is it 200 left or whatever? Uh, I couldn't tell. Or did they not really? I couldn't it, tell. All I know is there was a, ra- there was a rally. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants attacks the rally. Stuff explodes. And you're kind of running around this fiery huh. apocalypse. It has a lot of potential. And yeah, like yeah. in Silicon Knights used to make some really, really great yeah, stuff. Yeah. And um, oh, that's true. Yeah. They used to make some really, really great stuff. So I'm hoping by the time it comes out, there's some polish added to the combat I'm system. I'm kind of wondering if, if Marvel's getting their attention split too thin because there's a they're working on an MMO too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's good. Um Let's let's move to the panels. Let's do. How was the other rest this this time around? It was good. It felt uh, it felt shorter. Um, wasn't quite the crowd of uh, the first other us panel at PAX East. But for those that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, the other us is a panel that is all about um, sort of gender equality in gaming and um, how the game literally gaming... could only take place at PAX. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's really cool. Like we, yeah. Matt and I both were kind of blown away by the first panel just simply because of the um, the level of honesty and openness of a lot of the people that came to the mic. Um, a lot of people had some really crazy stories about you know how they've been treated by other gamers and how you know as a either a homosexual gamer or a transgender gamer or a female gamer how they are not regarded in the same you know light as male gamers. Um, so, or as, you know, heterosexual male gamers. So, uh, this was the follow-up to that panel. Um, Eric Pope didn't show up cause he, I heard he had the plague or something. He, I, he was I, tweeting the most brutal stuff. I was like, Jesus, yeah. he went to the hospital like one day in or something. Yeah. He had some sort of like sinus thing just from reading his Twitter feed. Um, and for those that don't know, Eric Pope, he's the, um, He's the um, head of community for harmonics. Yeah, harmonics. I don't know if he's the CM. I don't know. He he works for harmonics and he does a lot of community stuff. And he uh, was really funny on the first other S panel. Yeah. And on this panel, he just didn't show up. And I was like, oh, where is the guy? And he was in the hospital. Yeah. (laughs) And he was literally because I remember I was like, PAX started. He's like, well, day one, PAX in the hospital. And I was like, yeah. And I think like he got stuck in Seattle for like four or five yeah, days. No, I don't he know. Had to get a bad trip. I don't know. But um, <laughs> and also uh, Allison Thresher, who was the moderator for uh, the first Other Us panel, and it was her idea for the panel. She couldn't show up because she's actually in Crunch for Dance Central too. Right. Um, so the moder- the panel this time um, was moderated by Abby Heppy, and she did a really good job and um, fielded some pretty good questions. But you know, um, I'm going to do a, a proper write up on the cool. site. But the the panel was really solid, and it's good to you know go to panels that are about serious topics where you know gamers can talk about community, what makes up community, and um, you know what makes gaming kind of a special hobby. So, how about the uh, the costume non contest then? The costume non contest. So yeah, this was uh, late. I want to say Friday Friday night, and uh, we talk about Crab Cat. You posted some pictures, right? You put it yeah, I posted a, a yeah. couple, a couple pictures. Um, it was cool. You got to see off, uh, got to see all the Crab Cat costumes that they made. You got to see the audio animatronic uh, grunt that they made, and um, they had a, a massive, massive turnout. Over fifty-four costumes oh, showed wow. up, That's which awesome. was huge. Yeah, and um, it was called a non contest because there wasn't like a winner. They did yeah. something that I thought was hilarious. They just paraded everybody through one at a time, 
and then they would make up uh, a winning title for every single costume. <laughs> so it would be like one was like biggest staff and one would be like, um, uh, you know, biggest booty shorts or, you know, it was just like every <laughs> single person that, that came through had got their own prize. That's cool. And it was really like non-competitive, just a really cool sense of community. And, um, a lot of the Bioware staff was there just hanging out because Crab Cat has a, a pretty tight relationship with them. So um, really positive, fun panel. Nice way to end a night, you know. So it was cool. And then uh, last thing, we'll just do like a minute run through of, of all the Resident Evil stuff you saw. Okay, yeah. Minute run through. Uh, played Revelations on the... Uh, this is the one save game, right? That no, it? that's Mercenaries. That's Mercenaries. Revelations okay. is the new, uh, actually, it's a canon Rev- Resident Evil story uh, starring Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield. Uh, it's in 3D. 3D didn't work for my eyes. I tried for a couple minutes. I what got, system? It's for the Nintendo... Oh, the 3DS. Thank you. The 3DI, 3DGP, 3D... I should know. I'm yeah. an official ambassador now. Oh, okay. For the 3DS. Yes. <laughs> yes, so... You're one it's of for the, that owns it. <laughs> for the Nintendo 3DS, I, I was super excited about this title because it is, you know, it is an actual new Resident Evil story. It does have Jill in it. It does have Chris in it. Yeah. Um... It takes place uh, right before Resident Evil 5 in terms of the timeline. <sighs> All righty. Yeah. So how is Raccoon City? Then? All right. So Resi- <laughs> Resident Evil Raccoon City, um, I'm actually into it. Uh, it. It's designed to play like Gears of War. What is this for? This, this is a downloadable, right? No, this is actually... Uh, I don't have any facts straight. No, it's cool. No, Fix Re- me. No, it's what, Resident Evil Raccoon <laughs> City is coming out for the PS3 and 360 um, fall, so pretty soon. It's a third-person squad-based shooter, class class-based squad-based shooter. So there's uh, right now there's six different classes. They're probably going to add seven different classes. Each one's a character, uh, different voices. Each one has different ability sets. Um, you are playing the role of a uh, umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. Umbrella. You're playing the role of umbrella. <laughs> <clears throat> You're playing the role of a uh, umbrella. Um, God. <laughs> What the fuck? Umbrella that Security Service. That's uh, it's a tongue twister. Umbrella Security Service. And uh that's okay, you're new to the whole Resident Evil thing. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Umbrella Security Service. And you you actually uh you're going in in order to eliminate civilians and eliminate zombies during uh the events of Resident Evil two and Resident Evil three. So it that's takes place cool. during so you're playing the bad guys. So you're in this in you're in Raccoon City. City, and there's all Shock. shit. There's shit going on everywhere. So the demo I played, you're basically running around with a squad. There are like special forces guys That's that cool. are deployed by the government to stop do, you. Like, that'd be cool if they did like scenes where you could see you running thing. through because. Oh well, in the demo I played, you see Leon and Claire. You do, yeah. You That's see Leon awesome. and Claire, and your team's like, "We got to kill Leon," and you're like chasing Leon through the streets and stuff. It's pretty That's cool. Really cool. cool. Yeah, I so I liked it. Um, gameplay was a little loose, but I think they're going to tweak it out a bit. But I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was the really uh, late this year. Late this year. Yeah, really, really chaotic, but fun. Cool. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Did you actually get to play as Nemesis or no? I did. I got to play as Nemesis. Really quick rundown. Was he as fun as I thought he looked when I was. He is so much fun, yeah. dude. He's freaking colossal. So uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Marvel. Like fucking shit. It's all right, man. We've been making you talk for about twenty minutes straight. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom three. Uh, I played as Hawkeye. I played as Nemesis. Uh, did you ne- try Doctor Strange out or no? No, I didn't. I didn't. He's the weird one. That was his move set looks insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, Nemesis is basically just a, a big heavy brawler, like mm-hmm. on par with Hulk. Uh, a lot of throws, a lot of grabs. 
Uh, he's freaking huge. Yeah. I'm looking at a screenshot. He oh just, yeah, he's gigantic. He goes all he's the way the up to the, the health bar. Yeah, the, yeah, he is ridiculous. His supers are awesome, and it's just it was great. To, I did one round where I played as uh, Wesker, Chris, and Nemesis, and oh, I was just cool. like, I was totally just geeking you out. Give you, like so. a little bonus for doing that. Yeah, so that was fun. I'm I'm glad they added him to the That's game because cool. so, I. Heard. So overall, you've now been to a PAX East and a PAX Prime. Yes. Do you have a favorite? Um. Oh. Well, here's the deal. Seattle, the location of the actual convention hall is beautiful in Seattle. Yeah. It's literally, literally in the heart of the city, so you can walk outside and like grab a Jimmy John sandwich for five dollars. And in Boston, it's out in the harbor. Boston, you are like in yeah, the fucking it's, it's warehouse the district, and you got to walk for like half an hour yeah. before you can get to civilization. So that kind of sucked. But um, the conventions, I, I want to say, are, are nearly identical. That's good. Uh, yeah, That's cool. they're they're a lot alike. Obviously, the content's different, but. Um, they're so very similar. I chunk, I, this was part of what we lost last week when I did a bunch of editing on the last podcast. But um, we did briefly mention that PAX said they're going to open up a third location at the podcast. I predicted Austin, but you, I think you said Florida possibly too. Oh, I was—I think that was wishful thinking. I heard, I heard rumblings that it's London. No, they really. Yeah, that's they're what I heard. Europe? I thought they said a third in the U.S. Oh, really? I don't. Uh, that's what the, the guys in Giant Bomb said that they heard. Uh, well, they, that, that they, they heard rumbling. I would. <laughs> yeah, the Giant Bomb guys said that that it, it might be London, but they well, don't. Guess know that makes yet. sense to go international to get yeah. to let other people in. That's cool. So, so overall, good, good experience. Yeah, it was fun. Went. That was good. Um, I need help next time. Please go with me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do. It was just bad timing. Please, this year. please that's do. All, that's all that was. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. The I, whole time. I think. I think conventions from now on we need to minimum two of us need to go yeah, to the convention to, to actually pull it off appropriately yeah for real um, all right so we're going to take just a two second break and come back do some reviews we're going to haul through these reviews probably too and then uh, do the twitter talk and that'll be it all right so uh we'll be back and just brack we'll be back and we'll do better you've had enough of your nine to five so you grab your stuff Start to drive Cause tonight You will play In a new founded Campaign where you don't Have to think of home Just of princesses And thrones Yes tonight You're with friends And until the journey Ends you are Braver and stronger Why can't this Night last longer got the snacks, they've got the die. You roll your stacks as they get high. Roll three eighteens, your lucky night. You hope you will get in a fight. And oh, there will be blood spilled. Oh, there will be orcs killed by your Come fast, you take them on With fiery blast, you move along You lie to buy a spy You lose a friend, you wanna cry Until you hear a sound in the distance That pulls you back into your own existence Tonight You Chip bags on the floor You 
friends survive the gold you'll store. And while the DM calculates, you think about your player's traits. He's strong and charismatic, and he doesn't look like you. Being brave's not problematic when your AC is 22. But tonight you fight well, and you don't let yourself dwell on your burdens or your workday. How could you when there are dragons to slay? Hey, everybody. <laughs> This is so strange. Uh, anyway, you guys just heard Allie Goritz, who uh, the song is actually called Tonight D&D. And you can follow her at Twitter, at Cosby Sweater. So look her up, Allie Goritz, Tonight She's the D&D exploding. song. She is. She wrote a song about Patton Oswalt, and he tweeted it. I know. Well, good for her. Hey, it's yo. funny. And, and, and uh, Huffington Post posted it. Yeah. She's literally exploding. She, she deserves it. <laughs> I'm really trying hard not to be a perv here. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so Allie Goritz, tonight, the D&D song. Check it out. It's awesome. Thanks yeah. for letting us play it, Allie. We appreciate Seriously, it. Thank you for letting us have some music. Awesome. And, and, and honestly, anybody that listens to this podcast, if you have some music or some bumper music or something like that and you want to share it with us, you can email me at matt at nerdappropriate.com and uh, send me a link. And if it works, it'll be in our podcast and we'll yeah. announce your name and your Twitter and stuff. It'd be, yeah. it'd be cool. Yeah. We, we definitely like bumper music. Cool. You've heard stuff from, we have a friend named Clayton who put in bumper music. We've had Ryan. Now we've got Ali Goritz. We've got some other people that are did doing Did we play stuff, a so. Anamanaguchi song once? I played Anamanaguchi once, I believe. Yes, we did. Yes. So, all right. Uh, let's jump into the reviews. Um, Scott. Yeah. Um, last week, uh, when Derek was here, we talked a little bit about Deus Ex. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a chance to... You avoided it at that point. Uh, yeah. What's that? Uh, <laughs> the game. You I think I was finishing Borderlands. Yeah, you were. And... Uh, but I actually got a chance to get into the game. Um, it is really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird because it, it is very parts of it are very similar to the original, but it's like if if you could have made that original game however many years later, I think like ten years later, eleven years later it's now. Ten, yeah. Or eleven. Yeah, I think yeah. it's two thousand. Yeah. It's like what would you do? And yeah. so all of the things that are in games now, like a cover system, um, quest tracking, um, regener- you know, health regeneration, like all that stuff is in a game that like when you go back and play the original PC one, it seems like very esoteric and hard to follow. Yeah. Um, so did you, do you think, did you run into the issues with the boss fights that pretty much everybody else had? Or um, no? What's weird. And I, I think this is an indication of how much I like the game is that I haven't reached a boss fight yet. I've probably spent maybe like 10 hours <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> And wow. I'm, re- I'm really just hanging out. Are, do you think you're aware of the issues with the boss fights, though, and that you may are you preparing at all in that sense? Well, um, based on what, do you know the issues with this game? Have you heard about? Uh, it from I just other just from what I heard of our podcast, which I was listening to this morning, that um, if you build your character uh, in a certain way, the bosses are invincible. <laughs> well, basically, no matter what, you have to fight a boss with a gun and kill him. Yes, and that's that's what happens. And it, but in the game, you can make you can make any kind of character you want, and it'll work for ninety percent of the game, except it's for just the boss fights. Yeah, hit. that's the thing is that like you can take. I, I know what Derek is talking about. After I was able to review like the yeah. upgrade augmentation skill trees, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I know what he's talking about. But um, it's weird because you can go through the game as a like a as a non lethal character, meaning yeah. that you stun all your enemies and you don't kill them. Um, and B, you can play as like a total stealth character where you just avoid combat altogether. Yeah. So it's just weird that in a game like that, and especially 
in the original Deus Ex where they actually reward you for playing stealthy. Like, that they would then force you into, you know, like, face-to-face combat. combat. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I mean, that being said, I, I like, I think it's a testament to how much I enjoy this game to the fact that I've spent, like, probably 10 hours just walking around in the yeah. environments and yeah. looking at things. Yeah. You know, like Derek said, there's a lot of material to read if you're interested in the in the books and the papers and stuff. It's so awesome. Well, that's really cool. What I understand that Matt will probably like that, I don't know if you guys touched on, um, that I've been kind of hearing through the grapevine, is it sort of set up... Um, where your enemies are almost uh, similar to Foxhound in Metal Gear. So each enemy is almost uh, – each boss, rather, boss fights, is yeah. is pretty, like, themed a certain yeah. way. So, like, basically you're fighting against a gang of augmented humans. And um, some of the achievements are even – one's called uh, I Can Read Your Mind or Mantis Power or ah. something. So the achievements are even named after oh, old, Metal cool. Gear, old Metal Gear characters. Oh, I've great. seen a couple uh, – I've been perusing Reddit, and uh, two people had posted some, like – you know, meme kind of, meme kind of image stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what I was doing with my hand, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, ha-cha-cha-cha. Um, and one of them was, like, a guy who who posted, like, he's it's a picture of him. It's a screenshot of him standing over a dead guy with his gun. And there's the email screen is up, and he's reading his email. <laughs> and all he says is, like, oh, my God. Like, underneath it, he wrote, oh, my God, I'm a monster. And he's reading the email, and it's like, hey, honey, when you get done with work, please make sure you get home on time. We've got to take the kids over to blah, blah, blah. It's like a full email from his wife and the guy awesome. he just killed on the ground. That's awesome. And then the other one was, like, things I love about Deus Ex. And it's, like, a scene where he's walking back into – it's a screenshot of him walking back into a room. And there's a guy he killed on the floor. He said he killed him, like, 15 minutes before or 20 minutes before. And there were police uh, investigating the crime scene. Oh, that's awesome. Like, walking around the room, like, looking at stuff, picking up stuff, and checking out what was what was going on in the crime scene. He was just like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It, is a, it is a pretty smart game where, like, it's one of those games where bodies and weapons and, like, like inventory items. Are, like, if you throw something down and walk away and come back a half an hour later, it'll still be there where you threw it down. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so like I a can't persist- wait. A persistent world. Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to... Get yeah, I, I literally picked it up on my way home from work yesterday, so I have a uh, Monday off. So that is what, that yeah. is my Monday. I was actually Melissa's working Sunday and Monday, and I was thinking of going to get it tonight. Maybe the sweet, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So Scott uh, texted us excitedly this morning about getting into the Assassin's Creed multiplayer. I don't, I don't know that I would use the word excitedly. I read it excitedly. Okay, I read it like, oh my god, guys. I think, check this out, I, think, I think I've been on record on this podcast as saying that this game does not need multiplayer, but it has one anyways. <laughs> I think it's such a good, unique multiplayer. Okay. Though. At least they didn't just fucking jam a, like, horde mode. Like, <laughs> yeah. like well, what the fuck? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually, there is a horde mode because it's, tra- oh, it's, it's, it's training mode. I mean, oh, like, well, yeah. That's yeah. what training mode was in the last game, you know? Like, yeah, but the... that was, like, learn how to fight. Horde mode yeah. is, like, a challenge mode. Sure, okay. How, how much you can fight. Agreed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked that out in my head um, somehow. Yeah, yeah, so I don't I you know, like you bring up a good point and I don't know to the extent that we can actually talk about this beta, but Yeah. Um I just want to say what I really want to talk about is is the fact that A, I can't really tell what has changed. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Okay. And what I really want to say about Assassin's Creed multiplayer in general is the way that people play yeah. the multiplayer game. You know, like um they don't get into it. Yeah, like if you think about like the basic premise of playing a game is that like when you play a game, all the players of the game agree to a certain set of rules, and then uh-huh. we, all, we play by those rules, and then it makes the game fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's kind of the same problem in Battlefield, where it's like anytime that a shooter turns into an objective-based game, 
people still just run around and kill each other. Yeah, yeah. If, if it's like capture the flag, people are still killing each other. Nobody cares about the objectives. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing in this game. Like they encourage you to blend in, hide behind things, like walk slowly, act like an NPC, and then like you get extra points for using stealth as you you know assassinate your target. Right. Um, but again, in this game, I jump in, and the first thing everybody does is they start running. They run up onto the rooftops. So, yeah, I mean, like, my issue is not really with the multiplayer anymore, but it's it's with the way that people play it. Right. Because it really detracts from the fun of... Yeah, well, I mean, the point of that multiplayer is to, like, like you said, blend in and, and become kind of the assassin, but... I think I people know. I think people overlook, like, you know, they, they just think, like, I need to kill as many guys as possible, where, like, the actual right. point is, like, you got to be, like... Be cool, cat. You know, cool. Da- like whatever. <laughs> Be cool, Daddy O. Yeah, you have come up with the podcast title for like the past yeah. seven podcasts. Be cool, cat. <laughs> Be cool, cat. Yeah, uh, you, you got it. You have to kill with style. Yeah, no, in I, this, in this, I get it. In this you hate multi- multiplayer. I get it. I don't. Like, <laughs> I'm just fucking honestly, <sighs> honestly, I don't hate this multiplayer yeah, anymore. Yeah. I just hate the way that a lot of people choose to play it. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, because you... when you're looking for your target and you look up onto the roof and you just see them running across the rooftops, you're like, "Oh, great! Like, there's no way that I can stealthily kill this target." Yeah, right. that's definitely the problem with it. And you know, it probably is a game that maybe should have not had multiplayer. But if um, it does not detract from um, the single player, yeah, it doesn't and, detract and from the single player. I, I yeah. think I think if this continues to expand into like sort of a larger product, I think they like ultimately the the creators will need to sort of impose penalties for just running and being on the rooftops or, or give the, um, the uh, assassin a way to sort of like penalize the player. You know, like if there's a thrown weapon when they're on the roof or something like that. Right. But it's, it's fun. I mean, I can't wait to, um, you know, we can talk about it more when it becomes more public, but yes, you don't want to get in trouble. I do not. And that's why I'll just say that um, it's fun and I'm looking forward to more. There you go. Cool. Cool. So, Ash, you're a big old actor now. Uh, that's, what it says, sad card? that's what it says here on the SAG <laughs> card, if you mean my... <laughs> anyway, um, so... <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it was weird. A couple years ago... Um, was it a couple years? It was a couple Holy years. Yeah, coming up in a couple years. February... February. Oh, my God. I, I remember that like it was nothing. Seriously. Where does the time go? Seriously. Good uh, Lord. Almost a couple years ago at this point. Wow. Okay. Um, Maybe we should say what we're talking about. That just blew my mind. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah. So Christ- Christina and I, I, I was sitting there monitoring my Twitter, and I saw uh, Bria Grant tweeted that she was in Orlando. And of I was Heroes like, fame. Of Heroes fame. And I was like, what are you doing in Orlando? And she actually replied to me and was nice. And she's like, I'm here making a movie. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, you know. And then later on, uh, I found out that they needed extras for the movie. And we had the weekend off. And I was like, screw it. Let's go down and be extras. So we you know, made our way over there and they were cool enough to let us be extras in a scene during the movie. Um, where you oddly played teachers, right? We oddly played teachers, <laughs> which was just kind that, of that bizarre. Must have been a stretch. Yeah. The movie name, by the way, is it, the movie name is called Homecoming, yeah. uh, directed by a guy by the name of Sean Hackett, who's a super nice dude. And uh we um were at we were there filming from like I want to say six at night till three in the morning. So it was a you know for us just as extras it was super long and they had been there literally all day. So um, I hadn't gotten a chance to see it literally until last night, and they had their Orlando premiere at the Central Florida Film Festival here that's going on literally right now. Um, God, has it been a year since? 
Yes. Oh. <laughs> it has been a year since the last Central Florida Film Festival, which is crazy also. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I finally got a chance to see it, and I was actually really blown away. I really, really dug it. And, like, just seeing um, seeing them make it, you know, and, and having been on sets and stuff in the past in, in different capacities, um, it was an awesome set to be on because it was a really small crew. There was maybe, like, 20 folks working. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, maybe like 15 or 20 extras. But um, they all got along very, very well. A lot of laughing, a lot of carrying, a lot, carrying on, you know, and just goofing around and having a great time. And then seeing how that actually translated into a really, really um, fun film that was, uh, you know, shot for next what, to no money. What's movie about? The movie, what's the movie about? It's an excellent question. It's actually <laughs> about, um, it's Is about it? a, a young girl who actually lives in Orlando, um, so that's what the whole movie is actually set in Orlando, which is kind of crazy because he's not from yeah, Orlando. He's not he's not from Orlando at all. Yeah. He's actually from Kansas. So oh, wow. um, how they he actually just saw parts of Orlando and was like, we need to make a movie here because it's kind of a weird place. So a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the yeah. Orlando like iconic imagery, like the the House of Wonder and like Gatorland yeah. and like all of those places, ah. kind of make cameos. Yeah. Um, but she is a Orlando resident who decides um, right after high school. She has aspirations to be a doctor, but she ends up enlisting in the army um, and becomes an army medic. And it's all about her returning uh, just basically for leave and seeing like where her family and where her friends are all at. So she basically has like a really close crew that she ran with in high school and they're all still back at home for various reasons. And her mom is the school lunch lady um, who's played by Colleen Camp, if you guys ever have seen Clue. If you oh. remember, if you remember Colleen Camp from Clue, who plays Babette, yeah, 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 yeah. So Colleen yeah, cool. Colleen Camp is the mom who's really good in it, um, and it's all just about uh, you know really growing up and and finding it, uh, where you really need to go in life. And is and, it is it a la like Garden State like that kind of? Yeah, thing? it's it's Garden State esque. It's it's I don't want to say it's a coming of age story, but it's definitely um, it's a comedy. Like yeah. you know, they they spend the whole movie like basically in a golf cart driving around Orlando yeah. and like <laughs> doing like various acts of violence and crime and things Excellent. like that. Um, but it, it's really well written, really quirky, really funny. Like one of the main characters, uh, played by a guy by the name of Tom Fox Davies, he plays. His backstory is just awesome. He. Um, his dad brought him to Orlando during the the boy band boom. So like when NSYNC <laughs> and Backstreet, he's Brit, he's a British guy. Yeah. And his dad brought him to Orlando when all those bands were big and tried to um, start a boy band with his son. <laughs> and then when the boy band fails, his dad left him here. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's left behind as this wow. like failed British boy band singer. That's cool. And he's trying to make his career come back to life. And then, and then Sean Hackett, um, who's the director, is actually an actor in the film. Also, he he plays a um, a uh, he was supposed to go to an I- Ivy League school, but he left because of uh, his girlfriend basically dumped him in a terrible way. So he's kind of like this shattered guy, and it's basically like these three best friends reconnecting and trying to figure out where the hell they're going to go next. That's cool. And um, just kind of is surviving. It, is it making the uh, like the film? Uh, yeah, he's right he's now, doing or? all sorts of festivals with it right now, and um, they won like best in show at the Kansas City Film Fest, and awesome. they're they're winning awards. Um, I I don't know how uh, if they're going to win anything here in Orlando, but um, so you hunting for distribution right now, hunting or? for distribution. So cool. definitely, um, if you guys are listening to this and you're interested in in movies like this, and we love indie films, uh, definitely just like type in uh, Homecoming Movie 2011 into Google, or you can fo- uh, you can follow. Um, 
Uh, you can follow just do a, a Twitter search for Sean Hackett, and you can follow him on Twitter, and he'll uh, tell you some stuff any, about like, the movie. Does he have any like Facebook page for the movie or anything? There is cool? a Facebook page. You can just type in "Homecoming Movie" on Facebook, yeah, um, and definitely go like that or something. Yeah, you know? go like it and check it out. Um, you know, it's a really I, I'm really into people that. Um, are passionate about something and follow it through and make impossible things happen. And uh, making a film, sitting because he wrote it, he produced it, he directed it, and he acted in it. Okay, uh, doing that, I can't fathom that. You know, and actually shopping around to different festivals and having fun and and uh, that to me is just awesome. So whether it's games or comics or whatever, if you're a super creative person, you know, my hats off to you. So. So it was awesome. Definitely check it out. It's playing actually here all week, and he's actually going to be at a um, Sunday screening again here in Orlando. I know this probably won't be out in time, but for those that want to go see it, check your uh, local indie film circuit and check out Homecoming. Yeah, um, just to clarify, there is a Homecoming movie on Facebook that is not the Homecoming movie, so don't. That's not it. Oh, good. But there's a fan page for the independent movie. So if you look up Homecoming movie, and then you'll see it says fans and friends of Homecoming in the independent movie. That's the one. And you can okay. find it on IMDb by doing a Homecoming 2011. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So and it was fun. I hope you guys check it out while it's here. you're a millionaire now. I'm a millionaire, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was an extra. I made, I made, I ate some combos and some coffee. <laughs> That's what I made on this film. Now so you just gotta wait for those residual <laughs> residual <laughs> combo. <laughs> we, Hello, we are all masters of the English language yeah. today. We're digital. <laughs> all yeah. right. Uh, so today, this week was a big week for comics. Uh, I wrote a, a quick article about it, um, but the fifty-two for DC started this week. So in in a change in a change like uh, I don't think I've ever seen in comics before. DC only put out two books this week. They put out Flashpoint number five, which is the event that led into the 52. And then they put out Justice League number one. Um, and this is a kind of a big deal. They have literally rebooted every single franchise they have. They got rid of a bunch of franchises. They have 52 books now. Uh, and it's led off by the Jim Lee drawn, which is the first one Jim Lee's done in a, the first ongoing series Jim Lee's done in a very, very long time. And written by Jeff Johns, who basically has made DC worthwhile, I would say, uh, recently with the uh, Green Lantern, Blackest Night, Brightest Day stories, with Flashpoint. Uh, Jesus, he's done, he did another Flash series before Blackest Night. He, he's basically revitalized, I think, a lot of DC characters. Um, I read the book. So what'd you think? I mean, this is exciting, right? It's ex- I'm excited about it. I, I, think, the... I think this is... This is um, you know, it, it's easy... It's easy when you're really into something, and comics definitely have fans that are very into comics. You know, I mean, this is the stuff that people go to conventions and they're like, "Yes, in book number forty-seven, yeah, they yeah. had Spider-Man with two shoes on, but they didn't match appropriately, and then the next page one was blue." And yeah, like red shirt no, kid. Yeah, so like people are very passionate about this, and I think the initial reaction to it was. Uh, kind of a nerd revolt. It was like, fuck DC. Why would they get rid of all of my favorite things that they've ever? And it's like, they're not getting rid of it. They're just, they're trying to, the industry, like sad to say is kind of dying. Like comics are not really doing great. They're doing okay, but they're not doing horribly well. You know, they're not like DC's not raking in piles of cash. Yeah. Yeah. Comic books, maybe off the movies that are made off the comic books, but not the comic books themselves. 
So I think this is interesting. It's it's gutsy. Um, Justice League itself is it's fun. I'm actually glad because Amy, uh, Amy Van Schyke, who's who's a frequent friend of ours on on the podcast, a guest, uh, got it as well. And I am me was like, hey, what did you think? Did you read it? Did you read it? And I said, yeah, yeah, I read it. What did you think? Because yeah. I kind of want to know what she thought before I said anything. And she is not a DC person, doesn't read Justice League. And I didn't read Justice League before this, uh, maybe like way back in the day, but not recently. Um, and she was like, I thought it was so much fun. Oh, good. And I was like, really? She's like, it was just, it was funny and it was lighthearted and I had a really good time with it. She's like, whoever writes it's awesome. And it's Jeff Johns who is awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a little weird because they basically reintroduce none of these, like Green Lantern doesn't really know Batman. Neither one of them knows Superman. Like, they're meeting right now. Like they're this is they are literally restarting Justice League. They're all dude. I can't all meeting each other. I can't do that. I can't do it. So I that's can't. that's where I think this is this is where the division is. So if you are Scott, who barely reads comics at all, has no real tie to any comic character. Yeah, I think this is interesting. It's a is a fucking fantastic time to get into any DC title at this point because yeah. they are they are not re. It's weird. So, like, diff- each title is handling it how they feel like handling it. So, Batgirl's coming out, and Barbara Gordon's Batgirl again. And uh, the killing in the story, The Killing Joke, she gets shot through the spine, can't walk anymore, and becomes Oracle, mm-hmm. right? Who's one of Batman's assistants, computer hacker. Um, in this new Batgirl storyline, from what I've seen from the previews, she still gets shot in The Killing Joke, but she survives it and is, like, a different person for it. So, like, the event still happened but they changed it's just like it's like well, what if what if she could walk after the you know what, yeah, if, what yeah. happens if she could still walk so there's some storylines doing that and then there's storylines like this where and i'll be honest with you i can't see this kind of reintroduction going more than two three books probably and then they're going to be in full swing of it felt like uh that it felt like sorry i just pointed it felt like uh uh earth's mightiest Hero, heroes the cartoon it felt like hey you've never read this before Here's how they all met this time, you know. But they're already all still superheroes. They're just now forming together. Um, oh, okay. So it's weird. It's weird as a fan who under, who knows all of these characters because yeah. I'm like, oh, great, I got to watch them meet each other again. But it's also interesting because like Green Lantern comes in and he's a jackass because he is. He's like an asshole. He like flies in and he's like, oh, uh, he goes into Gotham and helps Batman defeat somebody. Yeah. And they're like begrudgingly friends essentially. And then he's like, hey, have you heard about this guy in Metropolis? And Batman's like, yeah, he's calling himself Superman or something. I don't know. This is a very horrible paraphrasing. Yeah. And Green Lantern goes, well, this is my district. Like, I'm supposed to know when aliens are on new planets. Like, he's that's his job. Yeah, he's a space, the, space yeah. cop. So he's like, space I, cop. He's, he basically says, I got to go take care of this and flies Batman over to Metropolis to go get Superman, essentially. And then, like humorously like he's just like why don't he's like he keeps making fun of batman because he has no powers so he's like well you just hang back little guy you know like i'm sure we can use your battering a little later you know like he's kind of like joking on him and making fun of him and he's like i'll go take care of this myself and batman's like i don't really think you should maybe we should like look (laughs) around real quick and he's like i don't need to be a detective batman i'm just gonna go handle this real quick and he like walks in a building and then you just see this like red ray fly out of the building and green lantern just gets like blown out of the area of course like comes out so it's like they're doing it, and kind of Jeff Johns is writing it with a sense of humor. You know, he's trying to make it a little more light. I think having and a little bit more again. modern. Yeah, I mean that's so. that's great. I mean, it, it. I mean the the thing that not to spend too much fun, too 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 much time. Oh my god, dude! What the hell English is happening? Today, man. Blah, 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 blah. 
blah, 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 blah. Um, just not cool. to spend cool too much guy. time on it. Right. <laughs> but I really feel like uh, for lifelong fans of a lot of these books, it's going to be hard to just forget everything that we've already learned. Um, I love the idea. I love the idea of bringing new readers in. But it is, I don't know, it's I, a little jarring to believe that, you know, uh, what, 70, year, 60 years of history is gone. You know? I, I will add that. Um, I went with Matt to the comic book store to pick up this comic, and yes. the guy at the comic book store was really excited. Really, well, he's really excited. Well, yeah, time, but I'm but... just saying the point. The point that I'm making is that he said, like, in the day and a half that they had the book, like he's already seen like a change. He, he basically said on a Wednesday release day, you know, they would do X amount of dollars, right? But that's with a full release of DC titles. I mean, that's like a full slate of books coming out. He said on this Wednesday they only had two DC books, and they still did the exact same amount that they would do on a full release day with, with 10, 20 books. That's good. So the strategy... Batgirl of, is already yeah. out of print, already sold and out of print, and it's not out yet. Really? Yeah, it's already... They basically have said, hey, we've already... All the comic book shops have already reserved every single print that we're making. Um, do you know who's drawing Batgirl? Uh, I don't know who's drawing it. It's it's being written by um, Gail Simone, who is an awesome writer, and everybody was super excited that she was taking over the title and keeping it good uh and then it's the art is by and you're gonna have to forgive me because i'm not super familiar with these guys but the art is by Ardian sayaf hmm. and vicente cifuentes and the covers are all being done by adam hughes who's an awesome artist ah. um, batgirl's exciting i'm actually the two books that i'm most excited about uh and the reason being i never read either one of these and they both were characters that always seem kind of interesting to me are swamp thing and animal man which are kind of DC's horror titles. They're they're a little yeah. different for DC, but they're books that like were so. Alan Moore has a huge run on Swamp Thing that everybody says you have to read, but the problem is I never did, and it's like it's impossible to try to get in on anything when that much history does exist. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me to to be able to do this. I don't know. I mean, like like you said, it's jarring, yes, but to be dead honest with you, like. I think the Wii was jarring when it came out for gaming and everybody was like, fuck the Wii, it's not hardcore and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but no, you know what? You. Hardcore people don't carry an industry. They You're make right. it better, but yeah, they don't carry it. You're right. No, I, I'm um, tempted to get back on and start reading some books again because I've never been a DC guy. I've always been a Marvel guy just because, I mean, I, I love the DC characters, but I always felt that I had way too much to catch up on. Yeah, I mean, so. there's huge back titles. So there's a lot of them I actually wrote I wrote the article. If you check that out, I listed the books that I'm gonna that I already have reserved. So those are the ones I'm getting. Okay. Um, check it out though. It's interesting. I, I think it's Justice League number one was fun. So if you don't have it and you want to get in on a new title, I think there couldn't be a better team on Justice League as far as Jeff Johns and Jim Lee goes. So, awesome. You know, check it out. Good cool. deal. The last little I'm gonna do I'm gonna fly through these reviews really quick because I they're they're total like old things that I did. I've been finding myself this summer catching up on a lot of things that I missed for whatever reason over the past year. Mm-hmm. Movies and games. That's and what summertime is for. Yeah, I've just been like, oh, I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to watch a new movie. I'm going to watch a game. Uh, I got Captain America Super Soldier for the 360 at the Red Box. Yeah. That game is so much fucking fun. It is unbelievable how much fun that game is. Awesome. I've been hearing that. Pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. It's only 30 bucks on Amazon right now. Or you, oh, really? or you can red box it or Gamefly it or whatever you want to do. Um, the combat is super fluid. You basically, it's, uh, I would compare it to God of War. Okay. In the fact that. It's kind of button mashy a little bit. Like you're you're using the X, like X does a hit and B will do like 
uh, I think B does a like a counter, Y will do a, a block, and then A will roll. Like, okay. But the way they did the motion in the combat, like you can run into a group of ten guys and start like jumping over top. You'll like roll over top of them and then hit them in the back with your shield, and then like run over and hit the next guy in the face. Like you're just constantly in motion. Like your guy just never Captain America. It's not like punch, punch, punch down, punch, punch, punch down. Like it's like. You can take on 12 guys at the same time and awesome. do all this different combat. Uh, the game looks gorgeous. They built it on the Havoc engine, I think. So it the, exceeded your expectations as far as yeah. movie, movie games are concerned. The, oh, my God. Especially, I mean, think about the pedigree here. It's a movie game based on a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that is it's true. It's a game based on a movie on a comic book. And uh, it should be horrible, and it's not at all. And it is a ton of fun. Yeah, the uh, old X Men Origins Wolverine game was actually a big surprise for me too, which was again. I still want to play that. It's, it's great. It, yeah. It's really yeah, good. It really is. It's really so, good. The only thing that gets hokey in it uh, or bad in it is the map or the the camera, little wonky at times, and then the boss fights get super repetitive. Okay. Like the first three boss fights, you're like, this is awesome. And then the last boss fight, you actually fight four times. Ah, joyous. Four separate times. But that sounds like typical God of War. Anyway. And there's and there's only one way to beat them. Like you can't beat them any other way. And it's a yeah. super time consuming way. Like you can only, you basically have to like, like charge up your super meter and then super fight them to and actually do wait. damage. Yeah. And then you have to charge your super meter back up and then super fight them to damage again. Like, so it's that kind of, that kind of stuff. But if you haven't played Captain America, if you happen across it on Redbox or you get it on Gamefly or something, it's it's totally fun, completely worth it. It's about fifteen hours, maybe ten. It's a good weekend game. Ten to fifteen hours of gameplay, cool. and you'll love it. So that's my summer recap. Summer of Netbox. I just was so excited because yeah. I played I played and watched things that I enjoyed that I totally did not expect to play to enjoy at all. That's so. always a win when you get an unexpected find like Indeed. That. So all right, well we're gonna take one more quick break, just like two seconds, and then we'll come back and we'll do um, the Twitter questions. Yeah. And uh we'll we'll go from there. All right, and we are back. <laughs> I'm gonna come back from every every break like that now. Oh Shadow and Stevens. No one knows it, but I went in three, two. I did the one and Wait, pointed. what did you do? Yeah, okay. The one and pointed. I was one scared there for a second. One and point. All right, so uh, the Twitter question this week was one I really liked. Thanks. We Ash. we thought of it together. Kind of. You thought of it, and then I just told you, no, I don't want to do just games. Yeah, yeah. The reality is the one that I have to revisit the game. But uh, the I question pe- was... Some people said non-games, though, yeah. so it was good. It was a, a good response from the the crowd. The question was, if you could bring a franchise back, what would you bring? Yeah. What and wh- bring? and which franchi- franchise really deserves to have a comeback? Hmm. Why? So <laughs> let's let's um let's let's read, the let's read the responses. No, let's start off with uh, one of us. How about Uh-oh. that? And then we'll go into uh the Twitter stuff. Uh-oh. All right. So who wants to go? You guys want to go? I will say mine. All um, right, let's do it. do it. I'm surprised already. Mine is a game that I have mentioned before that I think would be a ton of fun to have back. Not because it's deep and rich or that it's an amazing experience i just think it was one of the most fun 
fighting games I ever oh, played. Man, I don't know. Tongue of the Fat Man. Killer Instinct. Killer uh, Instinct. Oh, Killer Instinct. There you go. That game was so much fun when I was a kid, man. That's like awesome. playing it endlessly. Uh, what the hell system was it on? It was on the. It was on uh, Nintendo sixty four. Right? And it was ar- arcade was and the big arcade, thing. Yeah. yeah, we used to play it in the arcade. Ultra Combo. It's just one of those games that I feel like if they if they did what Mar- what Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter recently did and brought it back and just made it look cool. But kept that kind of like ridiculous combo system. Yeah, you like know, ninety-eight hit combo. Yeah, ridiculous yeah. combos with ridiculous, outlandish fighters. Like, it, I, I just had so much fun playing that game. It was fun. It was good. I think that would be a lot of fun to bring back. Another but instead, they're terrible. making Connect Sports season two. <laughs> so it's yeah. never going to happen. Sorry, rare. For, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't that rare, but it was rare. All right, so let's jump into our Twitter. We have a gentleman by the name of True American M Twenty One. True. Let's try and say it as words. True, True American twenty one. Yeah, it was good. We did that pretty Thanks. well. Yeah, we should read things together. Uh, okay, ready? Uh, I no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Sorry to spoil your dreams. I agree with this guy though on both of his games. Uh, so he said, um, "I'd like to see Road Rash remade." Hell yeah, which I've heard rumors is being done right now. So it's going to be horrible. You think so? Yes. Um, and his other game that he wants to see come back was Hunter the Reckoning, which I actually played quite a lot of on Did the you Xbox. Really? Yeah, that's a World of Darkness game. Sir. Yeah, I played some Hunter. Actually, I might actually I have the game on disc, but I don't know that I've ever played it. Yeah. You never played it? It I don't was think so. uh, it was fun. It was good. It was like a twin stick shooter yeah. uh, for the original Xbox. Yeah. And um, it was a lot of fun. It got really challenging near the end. It's it got super challenging. You could pick like a couple different archetypes of yeah. characters that you could play. It was as. good. Good little shooter. I, I like games like that. So I agree with you, True American. I think Road Rash is going to be bad just because I think, and this might be, this might go the same for Killer Instinct. I think I remember that game better than the reality of that game. That happens often. Because you just, I mean, you're on a motorcycle and you got weapons and you hit people. And oh, you man. Raced, right? Is that Road uh, Rash? That, yeah, I had forgotten what it was, to be perfectly honest. And now I remember you had the chain yeah. and you were on a yeah, motorcycle. Yeah, that's totally what that's it is. Kinda so like you had them. a chain and you had like enemies that would ride up next to you. You yeah. knock them off their bikes and then keep riding. Yeah. Yeah, it's called uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 Lost yeah. in the Damn DLC. That's There didn't you go. They, That's Road didn't Rash. They, didn't they try to remake that other arcade game that was popular then where you were in the car and you rolled off the back of the Spy truck? Hunter? Yeah. I loved fucking Spy Hunter, But then Hunter, they tried man. to remake that, it too. It wasn't very good. Yeah, see, same problem. Well, because the problem is they're going to take a very simple concept and they're going to throw a lot of new Try things to put into some narrative it on just, it It's just going to be yeah. like, what the hell? You were, you were in a car with oil spill. Like, why are you freaking out about this? You know. But yeah. yeah. Anyways. So uh, Justin Banks, Midtown583, our, our buddy who, who comments a lot with us, which we like, who also commented that we were like his third tweet about epic beards or something after I put the podcast. Really? On. Excellent. There uh, you go. He says, Mutant League Sports. I remember playing the games growing up and having a blast fighting with different players. Do you guys remember Mutant League? I never played. Uh, uh, did you remember Mutant League Football? I don't know if that's the one he's talking about. It's the only one I've played, but Mutant League Football I think I've seen, I think was I played it. awesome. It was, was for, it the, it was for the Genesis. Was it? Yeah, it was Maybe for I the Genesis, it, and it was freaking it amazing. It was, um, you could basically... Oh! <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. yeah. and like... I played this. There's sorry. like the skeleton guys yeah. versus like the orc guys <laughs> and had like... I rented this from Blockbuster. Oh, it was so good. Mutant League football. Just the sound effects alone. Oh, it was brilliant. That um, game was good. And seeing did, that in 3D would be like pretty awesome. Powers too? Yeah, they, I think each player had like, they all had different names and different yeah. skills. It was like, you know, they really tried to take football and make it just ridiculous and kind of <laughs> infuse with science fiction. 
So that was the only football game I've actually ever played. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've never played another That's football awesome. game. So just Mutant League. They apparently also put out Mutant League Hockey. Ah. And there was a basketball game in development that never saw light. Damn it. Bring back Mutant League Basketball. <laughs> that would be great. So, yeah, Justin, I agree with you, buddy. Uh, Mutant League Football was where it was at. Um, at Miss, Miss Vulture says. Mrs. Mrs. She's married. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is c- Command of the English Language Edition. Yeah. Um, says Firefly, of course, which I think we would all agree with. A lot of people would agree with. It ain't never going to happen. Fox <sighs> owns that shit, and they're not going to let it go. Oh, man. I'd love to see Firefly um, come back. And then uh, she also says, I think the old KOTOR games need a high-res remake, and I would also agree with that. So along the lines of Vico and, and Shadow of the Colossus, like just re-released with better skins? Yeah, because you can get those games on Steam, but I don't think... The first I believe one, I saw Ash playing it. Uh, yeah. I don't think the, I don't <laughs> think the first the first one like was a turd. Yeah, <laughs> the first one was not intended to run on anything greater than like six hundred by eight hundred. No. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's rough. I remember Ash was like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna retry Kotor." He started playing. He was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> it was like I played for ten minutes and I just couldn't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I agree. It'd be cool to see those, but I think um, Mrs. Vulture is probably gonna enjoy. Uh, the Old Republic. Swotor? Swotor. Swotor? Swotor over Kotor because she's going to get that same same Star Wars experience, a lot of the same characters, and a lot of the same fun stuff as well, she did before. How about at Saimat101 says, uh, I've never played this, Jet Force Gemini, last seen on Ooh, the N64. Yes. Remember, it's a game about jetpacks. amazing with Borderlands-esque graphics and a solid physics engine. I, I did play some of... Um, Jet Force Gemini, and it was sort of like, I don't know, it was like a third, like an over-the-shoulder um, shooter with action elements, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's N64 graphics, but the game itself was was yeah. pretty uh, pretty solid, and especially the the content. It was just cool. It was a fun game fun to play. Game. So Scott, mine, yeah, Uh-oh. let's do this. Um, I I, I would up- like to see a remake of Ship. Because I really liked the solving the mysteries <laughs> on the ship. Did I, did I say that? I'm just fucking with you, man. That's what the. Assa- I think we should we should each do a movie and a game. By the way, so think, right. think now. But we'll each do one of them first. It's here. gonna be Scott, hard. Oh, really? I actually had a a game and then a game concept. Okay. So, um, my game. I think I said this for Desert Island last week too. But my game is still No One Lives Forever. Oh, awesome! Um, just because it's. I mean, it's, you love sense of humor. It's pretty much like an Austin Powers yeah. like spy game with, that had good shooter elements and good like stealth action. But you seem to get into games that that don't take themselves too seriously sometimes too. Yeah, I do, and I think that's why I'm such a fan of um, like the Double Fine games. And, yeah, and I mean, I, you could probably make a case well, for like, you, Psychonauts. What as was well, the but. Time Cop? No, that's the John Claude Van Damme movie, right? Yeah. What, what was the Oh Time Splitters? Yeah, you love that too. Yeah, I I mean, there was a story I think um, maybe like a month or two ago that. Uh, that company, whose name I can't remember, Free Radical, um, has like dev kits of early Xbox, like the next Xbox hardware. And oh, they're really? Gonna, they're going to make a Time Splitters game for mm. it. Nice. And that would be phenomenal because even that, I mean, those are the guys that did um, some of the crew from the original GoldenEye. Yeah. So it's got like awesome shooter elements and like a good sense of humor. So uh, No One Lives Forever is your your yeah. game? Yeah. Do you, should I do my game concept? No, we'll, we'll come back later. Okay, cool. Let's go through these. back to the Twitter. All right. Back to the Twitter wall. Um, golden Twitter wall we have. Let's go to this one guy. This one guy. He, guitar hero. Sad sounds. Yeah. Um, 
Guitar Hero is gone. I uh, I'm sorry, this one guy. I kind of disagree with you. I'm kind of glad Guitar Hero is gone. I'm sorry. I think Rock Band's always been um, our favorite rhythm, or at least mine favorite rhythm band company. Ours, right? Yeah, Scott, I would you, venture to you say on the Rock Band camp. I am. There's only one thing in Guitar Hero that I wish Rock Band had, and that was that open, Lars Umlot open. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> uh, open bass notes drumming, and that's it. Yeah, that was drumming. No, bass op- notes strumming. strumming. Yes. I thought you said drumming. No. I was like, open bass notes drumming? What is that? Yeah. Just because it felt natural to have yeah, I agree. open note. I agree. When I when I did play that, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But isn't that in Rock Band 3? I don't think they have open notes in Rock Band. Mm. Open notes, drums. I don't know. I don't know. So anyways, that's it. So yeah, I'm sorry uh, for the folks that worked on Guitar Hero, but I'm kind of glad that it, it got way oversaturated, and I didn't really like that what they did with uh, musicians' likenesses. I didn't think that was a, a good uh, step to take. Like I thought playing as Kurt Cobain was in poor taste. Yeah, and I think Rock Band does a better job of making it more of like a party, like collaborative game. Yeah, like I agree. in terms of the gameplay elements and the, yeah. the UI and stuff. So. Feels a little bit more legitimate. I don't know why, yeah. but there's something about it. So at Brian L M Diesel, I hope that's his real name. Brian Diesel. His real name is. Uh, should we say no. it? Because it's right there. Leaving okay. it. Okay. Uh, he does have an awesome Twitter icon though. He says, uh, "I think the Predator and Alien movies wow. both deserve comebacks, not crammed together like the horrible Freddy v Jason." But Predator has had a comeback. Uh, and Alien's about to. Wasn't yes. there an Alien v Predator as well? Well, yeah, there, there, was. Good. there I was. I think he's referring to that yeah. those weren't good. Right. But uh, Predator had Predators. Mm-hmm. And Which Alien, was sort of a comeback. And Alien is... Unless he means literally revisiting the original oh, Predator. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he means that. But uh, And then Alien's getting the prequel from... Which I think should hopefully pacify a lot of Alien I fans. hope so. I hope so. Ridley it's Scott. Getting, it's getting really good buzz and seems like it, it's... Yeah, really I, I agree. Those are great... Uh, Prometheus. Prometheus. Is it Prometheus? Yeah, it is. Um, amazing fran- franchises. I think all of us here are fans of those. And uh, anything that comes out of them that is excellent and new, I think, is going to be phenomenal. So yeah. I'm all I'm all for it. So our buddy Axel99 replied. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesse Lamb, awesome artist, uh, at Axel99. Uh, Xenogears. She put too, ma- too many in. There's a lot, and I and I told her. Uh, I told her as soon as she wrote these. She said, "Xenogears, Zoe, Snatcher, The Longest Journey, and Broken Sword." And I was like, "Jesse, I haven't played any of these. I have no idea what these are." Xenogears well, is uh, an old. These are all Japanese, I think, aren't they? Xenogears is is a weird action RPG, I believe. If I remember correctly, my voice gonna go up. Ooh, yeah, I think it is too. And then Zone of Enders is. Oh, that's what Zone of Enders is. I have played that. You Thank played you. Zone of Enders. Uh, yeah, okay. I have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a SquareSoft game. It's a Square game. Yeah, giant S- robots fighting. Yes, Snatcher. I have not played. I don't know what Snatcher is. Scott, are you looking mm. these up while we're talking? No, I, I'm looking at the longest journey just to jog my memory. What, what is, the what is it? Journey? If I remember correctly, the longest journey is um, one of those sort of point and click pseudo 3D adventure games. Okay, puzzler kind of games that were popular on the PC. Like yeah. In the way back, um, and I think that was one of like the cream of the crop of those types of games. Awesome! That awesome. is also what Broken Sword is. Awesome! Point and click. So she's an adventure, adventure game fan, which is cool. And I agree. Um, Zone of Enders was a lot of fun. I I never beat it. 
uh, that was back in the day in like the late nineties where game, was brutal. Yeah, where games correctly. were like freaking unbeatable. Yeah. I don't know. There was like a time, especially Japanese games, where it was just like, what is happening? But uh, I love the Zeno art Gears design. Is another SquareSoft, the same thing. Like, uh, okay, it was like Japanese near unbeatable games. That yeah, came yeah, on yeah. PlayStation. It was huge. It's got a huge following. Zeno Gears. Says. Yeah. I think didn't they just release uh, one for the Wii, but only in Europe? No, oh, really. Has to import now. I wouldn't be surprised. I yeah. would not well, be surprised. Well, there's a couple other Xeno games. I don't know if they're all related. But it might not be that one. It's, but I think there is one. Yeah. All right. Um, Somebody else want to do? Uh, Ash. Did you do any of yours yet? Has I haven't done, done mine. Uh, my my game is going to be, and I talked to Scott about this briefly. I don't know if anybody remembers an old game by a company called Accolade um, called Star Control. I remember Accolade. I remember okay, Star, Star Control. Control, like when I was a kid. Okay, so let me explain the premise to you real quick, and um, you explain to me what you, the hell you think I'm talking about. Okay, so there is a human, right? And it's this human's job to gather um, ships and representatives from a variety of different alien species all over the galaxy in order to defend the galaxy from this giant sweeping threat who is on the verge of eliminating all life in the entire galaxy. And as a human, it is your job to get everyone together and fight against this evil. Name this game. Yeah. And if you don't know, it's Mass cool. Effect? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Star Control, I'm really convinced that... I didn't know you were asking me. Sorry. Yeah, I was, no, I was no. pausing for but a second. Star Control, um, and Star Control started out as like a, a strategy kind of arcade game mm-hmm. where you actually um, you had like asteroid style combat with different types of starships um and it was uh, a pc game and uh so the different ships would have like different ability sets and it was really fun like one had a self-destruct one could teleport one had like homing lasers and you could basically fight with all these different ship types against one another or against a friend on on computer uh awesome star control 2 had a really really rich narrative where you'd actually have to fly around the galaxy mine different planets was there voice acting um, no, but there were, it, but that. there were dialogue trees. There were dialogue trees. So you'd actually have to like negotiate with different so alien species. We actually love Bioware. We love Accolade. Uh, f- dude, Star Control, <laughs> Star Control 2 was so fucking good. Star Control 3 was voice acted. Uh, but Don't they, say it to me like that. The, it was voice acted, <laughs> but they used like fucking Muppets and stuff, and it was all live action. And it was yes, yeah, and action. it was in the that age of like live yeah. action. It was like in the age of live. So Star Control was genius, and it was so so good. And like you basically, as you flew through the galaxy and you gained the respect of the, these different alien races, they'd give you like one ship. Like we are going to like for instance, one of the races was like the show Fixie. And the show Fixie had, like, a really fast scout ship. But they'd give you, like, one. They're like, all right, we are going to go with you into battle, but you get one show Fixie ship. If you lose that ship for, like, the entire game, that's the only one you get. Like, you can't get any more. So it was, like, really unforgiving. uh, But uh, Star Control was badass. The tagline to Star Control 3 is, the fate of a thousand worlds is in your hands again. Uh, See what I mean? Like, dude, I'm telling you, like, Casey Hudson, I love you, man, but I think you played a little bit of Star Control. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, All right, so we got two more here. We've got at Incognito965. You skipped one above. Oh, no, she She didn't. Amy didn't say that. Amy didn't submit to that. Uh, Continue, she, sir. Uh, she or Incognito nine sixty five says uh, movie The Godfather. Interesting. Hmm. And game Toy Story two for N sixty four. Interesting. 
wants it as an Xbox Live Arcade. I don't know that I've ever. I'm not sure. You're I the Nintendo Toy, guy. Did Toy you Story play Toy Story 2? I don't remember if I played some of that one or the first one. Yeah, I don't know. But it, maybe it's one of those movie games, like you, you know, like you, you find a Captain America and you're like, wow, this is actually like actually good. I heard yeah. was to- Toy Story three was supposed to be pretty awesome. The game, yeah, the movie made me cry like a baby. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard too. But I heard the Toy Story three <laughs> game was actually really, really good. It was like kind of sandbox play, like you could play with all the toys and they all had different abilities and stuff. So the Godfather of the movie, bring that back. I never played it. No, I it. think he meant the movie, not the game. Oh, uh, oh, the, movie, the Godfather. Oh, I see. I see. Movie, the Godfather, Godfather. game, Toy, Toy Story, Story 2. 2. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. The Godfather ah. game was okay. Was I never it? got all the way through. I played it on PlayStation 2. Oh, nice. And I just was like, it was all right. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. You could tell they were just trying to get Grand Theft Auto fans to play. Oh, uh, there you go. Um, But uh, the movie, that'd be weird to bring that back now. It's it would be. That's kind of been finalized <laughs> for the most part yeah <laughs> it'd be it'd be interesting to see a modern spin on it yeah like yeah you know it'd be like the wire that'd be kind of cool yeah the uh, Godfather. and then mark plays games says uh i like how you put a answer yeah it's awesome <laughs> i'm gonna read this as if he's uh, uh what's his name from the office i think i think it's because we said Q. Here's the Q, and we'll read your A. <laughs> I was trying to fit it really bad. I was like, how do I fit all this a. shit? Faceball 2000 from the Game Boy. It was horrible, but I loved it. First I, F- FPS I ever encountered. I think I played this one on Super Nintendo, and it, it is terrible. <laughs> I had it for the Game Boy, man. I had oh Faceball 2000, and he's right. It was like the first shooter. It was like really, really basic 3D, and like you played a ball. That shot like a giant like fucking chicken nugget, yes. and that was like it wasn't even a gun. There was like no gun animation. It was like you shot a, a fucking beach ball out of your mouth, and that was and that was it. But it was fun because you could like stalk through these like tunnels and like try and it was kind of st- oddly strategic for a game black and white Game Boy game, like yeah. old school oh, yeah. Game Boy game. But I played the hell out of that too. So Mark plays games. I'm with you there, man. It's wild. I don't know. I don't know if today's modern age baseball would fly too far. But <laughs> baseball two thousand. Yeah, baseball two thousand. Eleven years oh, ago. Oh, see, they could just do it. No, no, no. And this was pre two thousand. Yeah, so no, that was like saying. that was like the future. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. totally it's ironic. Yeah. Um, we we actually do have a bunch more that are not in the article. Oh, okay, so cool. Let's let's go let's go around the loop again. Have you guys thought of a movie, or or do we need to keep going? Um, uh, let's let's keep going because right. I haven't thought of a movie yet. All right. Um. A lot of these are from our, from people we actually know. Ooh. Haley Schmaley. Oh, yeah. Who went to Comic-Con with Ash and Chrissy. Uh, put another vote in for Firefly. Aha. Uh-huh. Which is, uh, like I said, never coming back. It is what it is. One, maybe one day. Um, Going to love saying this name. Imp Slave. At Imp Slave. Says, uh... I would love to see the return of Grim Fandango. Oh, Heyo, yeah. like you know they, they've. Uh, <laughs> this is our Ed McMahon. <laughs> Heyo. Um, on Steam, there have been a lot of uh, Lucas Arts remakes, um, and then you know, like the classic Sierra games have been getting like fan remakes, and yeah. uh, that's one that hasn't gotten any attention, and I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know uh, because they've they've brought back. Um, Monkey Island. Monkey Island, and they brought back... Uh, and, and then they did, like, some updated releases of um, Loom and yeah. uh, the Indiana Jones yep. and the Dig, if I remember correctly. Yes, all of those. They all came out as a Steam pack, I think, too. Yep. Uh, Dr. Gar, our buddy MD Gar, Dr. Gar, said uh, Ghostbusters. Oh. Here's the thing, though. 
he's talking about the game. <laughs> ah. Because he said, although there was a 360 title recently, it didn't get the credit it deserved, and it's in my play pile actually right now. Way better than shitty Batman. Smiley face. Ooh, he didn't. He's one of the he people that Batman. did Arkham Asylum. He did it. Um, that game is really funny because it was, you know, because the primary um, players are associated with it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't know that you could say it needs a remake because. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of came out. So I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Doctor Gar an idiot. Oh, ouch! <laughs> are you gonna call shenanigans on that one? Ouch. The game. Um, the game is good. And we've got one more. Uh, from our buddy Beast Mode. Ah, yes. Uh, he says, Revive Double Dragon. I just want a game where I can walk around and beat people up. Nice, nice. Double uh, Dragon was... I played it on the Genesis. I would love to see a modern right? brawler. Are there... I mean, are there any brawlers out right now like that? Well, What's I mean, they, they've all become very... Yeah, they've become very <laughs> God of War, which is... You know, it's better. But like, ba- Bayonetta, like, God of War, they're all very skill-based. But what, what about so. co-op? You know, like the two... Oh, no. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty. Actually, that was pretty original for the time, wasn't it? Like a two that's person. What, that's what. Well, ruined. no, Streets of Rage and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm saying like Final Fight and Double Dragon. Those yeah. games shined because they were I co-op. Played. Same screen, everything. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. what made them. I don't fun. know if that formula would work too much anymore. I mean, there's like I guess Turtles in Time is is sort of like that. You know? Yeah. Or like yeah. I think SquareSoft tried to do that. Well, Turtles um, in Time a little while ago it didn't was work. just an arcade game remade. That's from the '90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, what would a new Double Dragon look like now? Like, would it be first Weird. person or third person? <laughs> if you or? if you took those actual pixel models and just blew them up into into like high def people now, yeah, like, <laughs> yes. so thing. ridiculous. The guys yeah, that, the, the, the big the guy big who's made out of shapes. Uh, what, yeah. they, what were those guys called? Mongoloids or something? The big oh, uh, a, a, a bobos, a bobos, <laughs> Yeah, I could never say that as a kid. Yeah. Oh, I would call man. my friends that when they made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Go away, you a bobo! Like what? <laughs> Why did I do that? So he did kind of look let's special. Do our final let's round. do our final round of movies here. And here's, okay. why th- here's why I think movies are hard, and why I wanted to include it in the question. Yeah, because games I feel like um, move forward as generations go on and time goes on. Movies, especially when they're classics are kind of classics. It's hard to really redo a movie in a way that makes it better. I will take Star Wars as the example and say, you know, there's a classic trilogy gets redone in like modern times essentially and isn't as good. Yeah, yeah. So, if but if you could, if there maybe maybe it's the chance to take a movie that you thought should have been awesome and you could have made it better if it got made today. Yeah. What would it be? You got uh, it? I think I'm I'm going to go Do with it. a little uh film called The Warriors. I don't know if you guys have seen The Warriors, but um, it's a, a classic film from, uh, I want to say, the late 70s or early 80s. Uh, it involves a, a variety of very unique gangs in a gang war that's happening uh, in New York City. And um, stylistically, it is awesome because the gangs are all so incredibly unique. You have, like, the rogues, which are, like, knife fighters, really dark. And you have, like, the baseball furies and... It's almost like a comic book, um, the way that the Warriors is set up and the way that it's shot. A lot of really, a lot of really unique dark colors. And there was a game, right? There was a game. Rockstar actually redid the Warriors a few years ago. Um, I would like to see a remake in modern times with modern gangs and just have it be incredibly. Yeah. Yeah, not 80s New York gangs. The modern, um, you know, if it had great actors and had really unique styles for the different gangs, I think it could be awesome, you know? A lot of fun. Put some great music in there and just have it be you know, reimagining. Why not? Cool. Awesome. Do you have one, sir? 
Uh, yeah, I actually did think of a movie. Ooh. I think I've I think I've mentioned this before because I, I really do want this, and that is The Running Man. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, like that movie was sort of almost predictive of like if you look at today, like our culture is obsessed with reality television. Yeah, and it would only make sense to sort of like capitalize on that. Yeah, by, I think I've even hasn't cap- there been rumor about Running Man? Yeah. I also think you might like that uh, Hunger Games that's coming out. It's the same concept, but it's a girl. Oh. It's like a teen What is it called? It's called Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Supposed to be great. I think I've cast some of this movie before. Yeah. And that's... uh, and that's uh, maybe you use use like a modern person to to fill the role of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So um, you take that cat from... uh, Danny DeVito. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, They are twins. But I was thinking it would be cool if Arnold Schwarzenegger made a cameo in the in the movie as the guy who comes out of retirement to, oh yeah you know, to fight yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you know and then you could take like regis philbin as the as the game show host or something like this yeah um and then i don't know who the main character would be like um who's that guy who like shows up in all the action movies jason like, statham <laughs> i guess it could be <laughs> yeah. or the rock or something like this yeah yeah, yeah yeah you, you definitely need a guy that can do his own action though but real. I would like to see that movie like still creepy, but with like updated visuals yeah. and like that could con- be cool. Content, that could be cool. Cultural content. They could get the little kid from Modern Family to be um, the Christmas tree guy. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. What was his name? Bright, bright light. I don't. I don't what? Know I'll look it up while Matt is doing his. Uh, mine is from a movie, uh, which I just looked up the year from the or very early nineties. Some might oh. even say nineteen ninety. Oh my gosh. Robot Jocks. Oh, Robot Jocks. Yes. Isn't that coming out with Hugh Jackman? No, that's Real Steel. <laughs> that movie looks fucking stupid. That has nothing. That's like not. That's that is that is Rock'em Sock'em Robots made into yes, a movie. Correct. Robot Jocks was all uh, post-apocalyptic, mech, mech and they based. were they were mech dudes. They were mm. in the they were in the robots. Yes. And they and they were fighting each other for um, I think they for like love the country or something. Oh. No, like I think that was like. War had ended. It was like post nuclear. So like to solve battles instead of doing war again to let it escalate, they had these robot jocks fight each other to make decisions. So like if, if Russia would fight like America and America would win, and then they would get a territory or something. I remember that movie. It was good stuff. I loved that movie, man. I watched that movie endlessly. Really? <laughs> I, we had HBO when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So like I would end up watching movies just like because they were on HBO, and yeah. I think they played from like 1991 till 1994. They probably played robot jocks like. 1.2 million times, and I watched oh, it every single time. It was a fantastic film. Yeah, so that that is my movie vote. Dynamo was the guy that you were looking for. Dynamo, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, Dynamo should be played by the kid from Modern Family. Fantastic. Yeah, what's his name? Freddy something? Do you want to throw your game concept in, Scott? you want to get your... Yeah. I feel like this is a grinds my gears probably. Well, no, I ahead. mean, I was, think, I, was, <laughs> I was actually trying to think of something other than No One Lives Forever, and the other thing I thought of was The Secret of Mana. Oh yeah, yeah, multiplayer but, RPG. But I think what um, I don't know if this was in this game or which if is going to be Swotor essentially. If it was, I don't know if it was in this game, but I know it's in um, Chrono Trigger. But there needs to be a modern game that is a cooperative multiplayer game, where the game um, allows you to cast spells like together as a team. I agree. That was Secret of Mana. Oh, they, in both games they did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there, there, there needs to be something where it's like you cast. Because like, I remember we used to coordinate. We'd have to like talk to each other about and doing time it. out your yeah, spells. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I think like we're overdue for something where it's like not only cooperative in the sense that we're all fighting as a team, but cooperative where like four players can cast a gigantic like massive spell and create yeah. carnage. 
So that's my that's awesome. My, my All right. Well, uh, that is rated an A thirty five. Everybody, thanks for listening very much. You can follow us at at Nerd Appropriate, or you can go to Facebook and like us if you look for Nerd Appropriate on Facebook. And I think we are discussing this week now that you're back the new contest that I'm dying to do. I All right, do this. Let's do it. We Sweet. can't call it what I want to call it, but that's okay. All right, I'll live. So uh, yeah, and we got new music now. We got Ali Gortz this episode. We got a. Uh, we got um, the stuff from uh, something else in the next episode. Yep. So it'll be good. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Adios.